Welcome to episode 39 of the Eye of Terror podcast. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. Today is the 4th. We are 13 days away from the release of 8th edition. 13. Thir- 13 long ass days. I'm not sure I can wait that long. I cannot sure I can yeah. wait that long. I know. I know. It's uh, it just, just counting it down. Yeah. You know, the rules have all been released online at this point, pretty yeah, much. You know, all of the faction, a lot of the faction information has been released. Uh, people have just, there's leaks everywhere, you know. I still think even though people have now gotten a sense of the game, that everyone's still pretty excited about the official release. Yeah, the official, like, I think, I think once you see that, you'll probably see a lot more active discussion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the, the leaks... One, you're curious, so I mean, I, I'm curious, so I, I look, but yeah, they're I, all I, like these badly photoed, you know, op- yeah. open book pictures, you know, and so the and quality is terrible. And uh, while you can read them, it just sort of like it, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same at no, all. No, not at all. Not no, at all. No, no, as like actually getting a book. I I browsed. I mean, I've browsed them, but it's not like I'm sure out of curiosity. Yeah, just, curiosity. you know. Oh, the Pyrrhon Light's got twenty four wounds. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're we're excited. We we've placed our order into um, at a local game store. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the Dark Imperium box. Yep. We're getting the wound markers mm-hmm. because there's way more wounds to track now, especially yeah. on vehicles. Yep. And we're getting a uh, the Maelstrom cards. Because I think they've been tweaked. All the Maelstrom missions have been tweaked. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, so we're we're definitely excited. Yeah, yeah, most, most certainly. I know we're continuing our moratorium on Seventh Edition. <laughs> <laughs> we have not played Seventh Edition uh, yeah. in, in the weeks leading up to it uh, and to Eighth. Eighth uh, went officially on presale as of yesterday. Yeah, and from all indications, people are absolutely buying the Dark Imperium box. And there's a special edition too. That's like a special collector's edition that doesn't have models, but it's like a special fancy version. Of like the rules book? Of the rules book that yeah. comes with like artwork and counters yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this There's other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting like, that. Whatever. We don't need that. Yeah. But, but you know, I guess it'll sell out too. I think there's only 2,000 copies of that, so that'll sell out. Yeah. So look for that on eBay soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, I guess while we wait, we will continue to play Shadow Wars. Should probably. <laughs> and we probably. played two games today, so later in the show we'll talk about Should how that went. Yeah. Uh, but let's start off with some hobby hobby progress. Okay, so you've been working on something really interesting and unique. So why don't you why don't you talk about why okay. don't you discuss that? Let me discuss Krabby and Friends. Krabby and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, Shadow Wars is fun and mm. I wanted to create an inquisitorial warband that just was really fluffy and really you know, crazy looking yeah. in that John Blanche, you know, kind of style. Yeah. So uh, I, I spent the week putting that together from various different pieces. And I have to give props to Keith Alexander over at Arrow Games. Uh, and Keith uh, slipped me some sprues from mm-hmm. stuff that I was looking at, like on eBay, stuff mm-hmm. that's out of print um, from the Warhammer Imperial Bretonian sprues. Yeah, sure from swordsmen and from other things because they have these crazy hats and helmets that have feathers on them they have puffy pants they have a real sort of a renaissance look yeah, yeah, yeah. and you combine that with the high-tech sign you know sci-fi weaponry of 40k yep. you put them together and you get this really weird looking oh yeah john blanche looking you know inquisition stuff so so I've been doing that. I've been, I put together a warband of really crazy looking dudes. There's a blind yeah. sniper. The blind sniper. I think who so, relies on faith alone. I, <laughs> I think I think some of these are just so unique that we might need to just like home like homebrew rules for some of them. Like not not like not the sniper guy. Right. But certainly, uh, what, what what do we do with Krabby? Okay, so Krabby. Um, and somebody what? on Reddit named Krabby Krabby. So uh, I took the uh, skull found in the shadow wars terrain yeah. you know on the there's like a there's like a factory or minotaur yeah, or something yeah. and it has this giant skull with yeah. like spider legs or crab legs hanging down from a chain yeah i thought this that's just too garish it fi- frankly it kind of takes away from the industrial look it looks <laughs> kind of goofy i did yeah. not want to put that on my shadow wars terrain so yeah. i didn't i omitted it when i built the shadow wars terrain mm-hmm. but i already had in mind that it would make an, an awesome walking throne yes for somebody <laughs> so i cut off the chains part 
Yeah. And I found a, um, I found a scout, uh, a, like a cockpit uh, section sprue. Yeah. Um, from a armored scout from Astra Militarum. Mm-hmm. So it's the seat, basically the seat part with the pilot. I I used a head from the uh, Flagellants, Imperial Flagellants sprue, and yeah. that's like a, a Warhammer fantasy, fantasy Sigmar exactly, now. Sigmar exactly uh, uh, set of these crazy self-flagellating like holy men, yeah, who are all like these screaming old men, yeah, <laughs> yeah, carrying yeah. torches and flails and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's a it's great for this for this particular type of uh, uh, hobby project. So I took a crazy screaming old man head. Doesn't he have like? Doesn't he have like metal like? Oh yeah, he's wearing. Oh yeah, he's 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 like, blinded because he's got like these uh, metal blinders on. On yeah, he's like the man in the iron mask. It, the man in the iron half mask. You, you know you know what he's you know you know what he's like. What he's like the. Um, Remember in uh, Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah. Um, the guy who, like, the, the, what was he, the judge or something who gets, like, blinded partway for the movie? He's got, like, he, he's, like, he sits, like, on, on top of the car. Yeah. And yeah. he's got, like, two submachine guns. And then, like, so partway for the movie, he gets blinded. So they put, like, a blindfold on him and he has this crazy, like, I am the scales of justice. <laughs> yeah. He's that. Yeah. He's that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. So he's sitting on a, he's, I turn, I fashioned a throne out of, uh, like, uh, holy books. Yeah. You know, and this uh, armored um, sentinel cockpit, yeah, um, and a few other little bits I had lying around, mm-hmm. and uh, I put them on top of the skull, uh, and it looks great. It looks it looks really yeah. uh, ridiculous. I painted half the skull uh, silver, like lead belcher, and the other half uh, copper, yeah. And then I rusted it up, and yeah. you know, put you know grease stains and engine stains and all that stuff, uh, and it turned out great. I submitted it to Reddit, and people really liked it. One guy. One guy promptly named him Krabby, Krabby. which both applies to, to the to occupant it. of the seat the as well seat. as <laughs> the scuttling motion of the skull below it. Yeah. So uh, sh- shout out to Krabby Namer 234. Yeah. So he's he's an inquisitor. He's a yeah. non-traditional inquisitor. Oh, yeah. Um, he's great. He's carrying a torch he's in one torch. hand and he's pointing with the other. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is pretty funny, which is something inquisitors do a lot. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yeah, so that was so that's that's kind of a really fun project because I've been able to just take all these crazy parts from all all kinds of stuff and then put together these guys that are you know yeah. really goofy looking and fun. Yeah. I'm looking so I'm looking forward to painting. Right now I've got um, the party assembled, and I need to paint them still. Yeah, yeah, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, the other the other special character has got this uh, a skull head again. I like I like cutting up. Sc- Servitors, yeah, yeah, and keeping their skull heads and using that because it's it's they're the right proportion to put on top of human bodies like mm-hmm. guardsmen mm-hmm. and you know crazy robe guys. So I've got these crazy robe bodies that come from the flagellants kit. Again, a great kit for a project like this. Um, and I put the the servitor head on top of that, so it's very metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super metal. Oh, it's super metal. <laughs> yeah. All right. So working on those guys, and we'll have we'll have some pictures of Krabby and um, yeah. some of the guys on our on our Facebook page. So definitely check them out. Definitely. Other thing I did was finish the cultists. Oh my god, there's so many cultists. So many cultists. <laughs> Twenty cultists, uh, and I didn't. I mean, I tried to spend all time on them. I didn't try to just like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. single color and then dry brush kind of a thing. Um, although they're cultists, so you don't have to spend that much time. You don't have to, no, no, no. But no, they turn out pretty good. They're yeah. varied the color. I, I pretty much kept them earth, earthy colors, and there's like a red motif, like most of the hoods, uh, most of the shawls, most of the masks are red. There's kind of a red, yeah. you know, red seems to be the cult color, so yeah. that's kind of a theme that's working through it. So they're, they're done in their base, so I was very happy about that. I um, am, I pretty much finished up an Exalted Sorcerer. Yeah. From he's, the Thousand Suns, he's pretty much pretty much finished. Yeah, um, I think I just basically need to dry brush the base and then add a little um, scrub, little little like a shrub, shrub, shrubbery. Some, I need that shrubbery, shrubbery. <laughs> uh, but he he's done. He turned out he turned out pretty cool. Oh yeah, he looks cool. He looks very ornate. And so now that we've got the exalted sorcerer, and we have a a ten man unit of rubric marines. My next project is to work on the um, Terminators. What are mm-hmm. they called? Scarab? Scarab Occult Terminators. Scarab Occult Terminators. Scarab Occult Terminators. Yeah. I just, I just based those guys in uh, using the, uh, the, spray, the spray can from, uh, from GW, the Liberator Gold 
a spray can or yeah. re- no, it's called retributor armor, retributor armor. It's the $28 can of gold. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're, they're primed with gold, uh, mm-hmm. literally. And, uh, I'm going to be mm-hmm. uh, washing them in a Reichland flesh shade mm-hmm. and then coloring in the, the, the blue from the thousand suns. Yeah. Airman blue and thousand suns are the two colors I'll be finishing them with. Um, and their rules are crazy. Right. Oh, yeah. Now that now the rules are just like, yeah. I mean, with the whole, like, with the whole, with the whole change to a teleportation and, and, and like deep striking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Cause now, cause now, you know, there's no rule. You right. just second turn or whenever, really. Yeah. They just show up eight inches away from an enemy unit. I know. That's, that's nuts. I mean, nine inches away. Nine inches? Nine I inches thought. away from an enemy unit. Huh. Um, and they can basically go anywhere as long as they're nine inches away from an enemy unit. They're there, so theoretically, you could charge. You, you could, know, yeah, you could charge, especially if you if you got some fast units like the Eversor Assassin. Oh yeah, he's got the ability to deep strike in. Oh, that's uh, terrifying. Nine inches away, but he his charge. The Eversor. Is, the Eversor, not the no, the Eversor, not the Kaladis, right? The, and not uh, whoa, the Eversor. That's when a did, new rule. When did he? What did? What did? How are they justifying that? And like because he's, oh, well, he, he just like, he's on friend zone. That crazy drug. The no, no. The I mean, like drug. just popping up wherever. Does he just like I, that? I don't. Do they know. just drop him from the sky? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Do they like parachute him in? So there's like a long period where the, <laughs> the enemy army just starts staring at this thing coming down on a parachute <laughs> and it's uh, waving uh, its arms wildly, at them. holding blades in both hands. What, what, what's that? It finally cuts the parachute yeah. cords. <laughs> just lands. lands among them. Yeah, uh, um, and he charges three d six. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think he had that in the last uh, yeah. iteration. Of but, rules. but now he deep Still, strikes in. Now he deep strikes in. So that's uh, insane. Because that, that was one of the big. Issues problems with, with the Eversword and last. Well, just with assassins in general, I think. Like unless it was the Kalidus or the Vindicare. Right, the Vindicare t- was far away. Kalidus could appear one inch away. Yeah, but the the uh, Eversword just had difficulty getting in. It had to infiltrate, but it still had difficulty like yeah moving around. Right, and um, he was a target. So he was, he was a massive target. So this this He's gives a you a blender. shot at like basically bringing him in. And then and then charging the same turn, yeah, because he's got that long range on his charge. Yeah, because even the Selexus, Colexus, uh, I don't know, I never knew how you. Colexus is the uh, yeah the anti psyker. Even though yeah. he had like the you don't like you had sixes to hit him. Yeah, yeah. So he's just hard to hit. Yeah, but Eversor was the only one who couldn't really get around that one. Yeah, so I I love the way he looked and I loved his like fluff. But oh yeah, it's great. I, but I only used him once on the table, I think because he's just not that practical no he's not that practical but now, but now yeah and and all all, the assassins, all, all like terminators of every stripe are suddenly way more powerful because mm-hmm. you can just drop them off yep. and just start unloading and now with like combi weapons oh yeah right because because now you have unlimited ammo for that so you just get your terminators give them like a bunch of combi melters and you go i don't know smoke a vehicle or give them combi flamers and just have them murder a nice blob yeah oh my god because uh kind of is gonna be two hits and that's two d so it's one d6 per flamer right yeah. so that's gonna be 2d6 damage on an infantry unit and it hits automatically you still have to wound mm-hmm. but it hits automatically on flamers wow so that that can cause all kinds of damage yep uh eight inch range on the flamers though so oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know can you still move uh, no, I don't think after you. Um, I don't think after you deep strike in or, or teleport in. Teleport in. Yeah, I guess it's it now teleporting. Teleporting. Yeah. Well, it was teleporting before, essentially. But it, yeah, it doesn't make it. It doesn't. It, what other teleport drop from orbit or whatever? Right. Right. Same function. So okay, the other back to hobbies. Um, <laughs> I finished all the little boxes that came with the Minotaurum um, containers. Yeah. It has boxes and barrels and all that stuff. Yeah, they. they and we use them today. I think there's some good effect in Shadow War. Yeah. They make for great, you know, partial cover. Yeah. So finish those. That, that's just easy stuff to do. It's great putting on, you know, YouTube videos and watching battle reports while you do something simple like like boxes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Boxes and barrels. And I think that's I think that's it for hobby progress. I believe so too. Yeah. I felt like I made some good progress. Yeah. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I spent a lot of time on Krabby. Um, Krabby. Yeah, but he he turned out pretty well. 
So we'll have pictures of Krabby and all the other freakos on uh, on our Facebook page. Get out of my space sector, you kids! Yeah, we do have a uh, we have an angry old man. <laughs> if you have an inquisitorial yeah. warband, you gotta have an angry, angry old, old man. man. Yep, it's yeah. kind of necessary. Yeah, shake literally shaking his fist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's it for hobby progress. Next thing, Hell's Reach. Hell's Reach. Oh my God! What an amazing piece of animation is Hellreach. <laughs> All right, so for those of you guys who haven't seen this, there's this amazing animation yeah. on YouTube that's based on the, you know, 40K Warhammer universe, specifically uh, the, the War for Armageddon. I think it was the third or second war. Yeah. Um, third. I think it was the third war. But it's, uh, it's based, they take an audio yeah. from the Hell's Reach novel by Aaron Dembski-Bowden and uh, taking the audio from the audiobook. Yeah. And uh, the director just animated his own sort of art that is this black and white, looks like hand-drawn animation yeah. of space marines and Imperial Guard as they fight in the wars of Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the story of Grimaldus, the chaplain yeah. from the Black Templars, and his mission on Armageddon as he works with you know the Imperial Guard already stationed there. Yeah, and it's and it's just amazing. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's it's um, now four parts. It, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's one guy doing it. Um, if it is, I mean, it's spectacular. For, it's it's like shockingly spectacular. I mean, like the, remember the um, the remember the Space Marine movie? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, like, that had like an entire like team working on it. Not as good. Yeah, the animation nowhere near as good. Right. It, it's it's stunning. Yeah, this it, is like a YouTube is. thing. It is. It's very. It's a very unique art style. Yeah. You know, it's kind of jaggedy. You know, black and white. It's stark. Well, almost uh, reminds me like Frank Miller Sin City. Except, yeah, a little bit except, of that. A, except a little bit more dirty, I think. Right. Than even that. A, a little more like yeah, exactly. Like not as not as clean, not as yeah. neat. Just amazing artwork. Yeah. A great direction decisions um, in the way the story is told. Um, I mean, the story jumps around in time yeah. and place yeah. as it's telling snippets of the story of Grimaldus. Yeah. They only, they only have one issue with the project. <laughs> uh, there's, so, so the voice, the, the audio comes from um, the Hell's Reach audio novel. Yeah, so this isn't even the, the guy's, the animator's fault. It's not even the animator's fault. It's, 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 it's um... <laughs> yeah. But the guy who's playing um, High Marshal, High Marshal Helbrecht, 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 he sounds, he sounds, so he sounds, he sounds like, he sounds like what like the sniveling sorcerer side right. character, yeah, like would be Chaos of Lord. any fantasy movie, of any of any fan, not even like a space marine sorcerer because they have cool voices. I'm High Marshal Helbrecht. You will do my bidding. <laughs> it is it is your it is my orders that you should do this. <laughs> yeah, that okay, that's actually <laughs> pretty close to what High Marshal Helbrick sounds like in uh in Hell's Reach. It is your duty. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else has a great voice acting or whatever. Yeah, for whatever reason. Else. This but guy sounds, sounds like... like some high whiny pitched <laughs> <laughs> guy. Like your armor's a little too tight there, High Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my only critique. And that's yeah. a that's a super minor critique yeah. compared to um, the rest of everything. For sure. It's a stunning effort by by the director and I we should have looked at his name because he's he deserves kudos. But if you haven't seen Hell's Reach Go spend, you know, half hour of your life. Probably a little more at this point. It's probably close to an hour worth of content. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have anywhere near the views that, it, that this thing deserves. Nowhere near. It should get way more. It, so just... it, it got a little blip of attention when it first premiered in March. Yeah. But if you if you watch the first you know, one or two episodes, go back. There are now four episodes that have been posted. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just amazed by, by this project. It, it's awesome. Probably, yeah. probably one of the best 40K things I've seen on YouTube. For sure, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, hell's reach. Okay, we'll take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, a really fun card game we played called Arkham Horror, the living card game.
Okay, we're back. Okay. So um, we we play other games now and then. We do play 40K um, on occasion. <laughs> but we do play other card games. And yes. I was at um, Arrow Hobbies this week. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Keith gave me a bunch of great sprues. And then he started talking about this uh, game called Arkham Horror, the card game. Yep. That he had just gone in the store and was and was and it told me that this thing is selling out all over the place. Right? Mm-hmm. So and it's true. It's like, you know, it's Amazon, it's it's hard to keep it in stock there. Like e, there were like eBay guys were selling it for twice the list price. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like the new hotness in um in like board games right now. So he had a few copies and so I picked one up, Arkham Horror the card game. Let me let me read the box. Let me read the description. Read the description. Right. Oh, I can't be responsible if you go insane after I read the description. Okay. Uh, starts off with a quote from H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Indeed. In the sleepy town of Arkham, Massachusetts, a small band of intrepid investigators seek to uncover the nature of a sinister menace that threatens humanity. But beware... The arcane realm holds countless terrors, and the investigators must take care to maintain a tenuous grip upon their very sanity and survive. So it's a it's a two-player cooperative game. You can play more than two mm-hmm. players because there's a whole bunch of different investigators in here. Yep. But if you want to play more than two players, you got to pick up a second box. Yep. Box is about 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Artwork, first off, let's talk about the artwork and the design. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. It's a little it's straightforward, but I think it I think it does its job well. I think it's a really high standard. It, yeah. it captures the whole dark, you know, Cthulhu like mythos type of artwork. I wouldn't call I wouldn't say it's at the level of like Magic the Gathering kind of artwork. Uh, well, Magic varies, I think, in quality. That's true. Because because yeah, it really depends on the artist. Right. I I found it. Uh, above average above average yeah, it's, yeah. i'd say that's fair yeah it's nice it, i mean it looks cool but it's not it's not like stunning right mm-hmm. it's not like a stunning uh art thing that's not why you get it though yeah that's not yeah. why they are they are they aren't functions well the components in it are mostly cards there are some uh, cardboard punch out counters that are nice and thick um but it's really a couple some decks you've got a mythos deck that includes mm-hmm. basically encounters with like creatures. All all the all the terrible things that happen to HP Lovecraft's like main characters. Yeah. That that's that deck. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's full of those guys. It's all it's all the, <laughs> the, what the guys there. that are you know like all the horrible monsters, all like the crazy psychological conditions. Crazy cultists, ghouls, yep. you know, Presumably, man-eating rats. We, we we just did one mission, which we countered specific subset right. of it, creatures, but there are probably a ton of others yeah. in there that right. are beyond comprehension. And uh, so so the decks, there's a, there's a deck that's basically the mythos side, which is basically sort of the darkness side. Yeah. And then there's a there's decks that the adventurers use, the investigators yeah. use, and those are full of like assets, skills, and abilities. Yeah. And you create a customized deck. When you first play the first scenario, they tell you how to do your deck so that you yeah. have a you know sporting <laughs> chance at survival. Yeah. Right. But then afterward, you can actually customize your deck, especially if you if you play a campaign and you can upgrade. Yeah. You know your characters' equipment and stuff by buying more expensive cards mm-hmm. that you then include in your customized deck. You start off with uh, with a character, and there's several different archetypes. Yeah. Um, in the opening scenario, I saw, I played a Sam Spade kind of this guy named Roland Banks. Yeah. He's a FBI detect FBI investigator. Yeah. You know who's also does everything by the book. He's uh, he's pretty smart, but he's he's really good at fighting. Yeah. And he has guns and knives and things like that. Yeah. Right. So what did you play? Who did you play? I played sort of. Uh the orphan I, I played an, an orphan a little like, orphan girl a little orphan, a little little orphan girl. Gre- girl who's like is like you know like a pit pickpocket type who sort of like is, picks up whatever she can sort of yeah she's uh, gotten by on her wits yeah, yeah exactly get she by her gets by on her wits and yeah. and she has a really interesting backstory that yeah. involves a touch of um of love criticism and yeah. all that stuff insanity right Right, but she's her archetype would be kind of a thief, and my yeah. archetype would be kind of a fighter. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there and then there are other you know investigators you can play. the The opening scenario recommends that you start with those two characters. One of them plays the lead investigator who makes all the ultimate decisions, and the other one is not. Yeah, right. 
Um, but there are also some responsibilities and things that bad that can happen to the lead investigator as, yeah. <laughs> as you play it through. We're not going to get into any of the spoilers for the story because part of the uh, uh, yeah the part of the, the fun is that there's a, a really fun story that you're you're going going you're about to enter into when you play this game and you don't know what's going to happen next, so we're not going to talk about right that sort of thing. Right. Uh, we will talk about how the game works though. Yeah. So you pick you pick your investigator. Yep. You create your 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 deck, yeah. your customized deck with all of the things that you can bring to the investigation, and you shuffle that deck. And then there's a there's what's called an agenda deck, mm-hmm. and the, the agenda cards are basically sort of like the bad things. Yeah, that are that uh, could happen in this universe, right? Uh, that that's more the mythos. Oh, the yeah. mythos deck is like is the, the mythos deck is more the bad oh, like oh, okay. the agenda the agenda deck is like just three cards yeah uh for what we played and it's basically the story progressing for the bad guys as it were yeah that's, um, yeah that's it, a good way of saying story it. progression for the bad guys basically every turn like you add doom counters to the agenda deck right and after a certain amount of doom counters it moves to the next fa- the next agenda so you yeah. you are trying to kind of outpace. Yeah, because there's because there's another deck that works for you called the Act deck in which you're doing a similar thing except you're actively investigating like the area you're trapped in. The more clues you uncover, the more of the storyline that you get. Yeah, and you you progress further in the story by basically achieving things and yeah. and, and advancing in the Act deck. So basically, if you don't advance, but if you um if the agenda deck goes runs out before the Act deck does, well, then it's unspeakable horrors <laughs> and bad things happen exactly so you don't want that to happen yeah so you're kind of on a timetable you're on a mission to like do yeah. things and you don't there's no there's no active like you know number of rounds or anything it's up to you but you know there's a ticking clock that is working against you that eventually if you know the doom counters get to a certain level then you're just gonna run out of, of options and then bad things happen to you yeah so you're you're trying to move ahead and there's an, you're of course investigating a location. Yeah. Right. So the, the, when a, when a player turns uh, happens, you basically have a series of options. You get three action points, and you can use um, you can take any of the following actions as part of the use of one of these action points. You can collect an extra card from your deck because mm-hmm. you, you you basically it's like kind of like magic. Like you have yeah. like can't you know cards in your deck. And then you can activate some of the cards, bring them onto the table so that they're actually live and working for you, right? Doing, mm-hmm. providing you with either assets or with skills or abilities. Yeah, some some of them last, some of them don't. That's yeah, yeah some of them are like instant, and like some, some like yeah, some of them are instant. Like it's just a quick like it, like a I, dodge, I, like a dodge, or it, like it adds dodging. to your skill, uh, this certain skill yeah. characteristic, or and others are just like you have this gun now, and right, and then the gun has got so many bullets, so many bullets, and yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So then you can shoot the gun as a number depending on the number of bullets you have. So so you can you can uh, use that, but so you you have a deck, so you can draw one of the actions you can do is draw a card from the deck, right? Mm-hmm. So then actually put it into your hand, and then once you have cards in your hand, you can use those to actually play those cards, yeah. only the ones that you have in your hand. The other thing you can do is take a resource. Everything kind of takes resources. Yeah, m- it, that's just a generic uh, currency, kind yeah. of like. You know, in order to like bring a gun out from your deck, from your uh, hand onto the table, it takes like four resources to yeah. do that, right? Okay, so you collect a resource. Then you can also um, engage an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fight the enemy. You can evade. The enemy. You can evade the enemy, right? So, so that's other options. You can move to adjacent room, right? Uh, and I think that's it. I think, that, I think so. Yeah. So, so you have a whole bunch of different choices you can make. Yeah. Right. And then it's up to you. you can, and you can play any of those things as long as you you have three things to do, and you can use um, those three um, options in any order you want. You yeah. Can move and then engage and then fight, whatever. Then there's after your turn, there's an enemy phase where the enemies do their thing if they're if you're encountering any. Mm-hmm. And then it's called the uh, the upkeep phase. The upkeep phase where you get back resources and um, you can draw some extra cards. Yeah, stuff like that. Right, and then there's finally the mythos phase that. It, well, know, the mythos phase is technically the first phase. Oh, that's true. That's actually the first phase. It's the, the yeah the mythos phase is basically this is when the bad things happen. The doomsday clock continues, and that's when you draw your encounters with uh, your, yeah your with mythos cards. And this mythos. can this can range from like monsters or like cultists or whatever to um, just events that happen to you, and you sort of have to take like skill checks or something, or maybe just something just happens and right. you can't you, do anything you, about. Yeah, it. Yeah, like you could be cursed. You know, as yeah. part of it, or you, uh, you, you basically like uh, for my character. This isn't really much of a spoiler. Like my character was 
frozen in fear. Yeah. So, so, so he like he kind of lost his nerve, and it, and basically it would take him two action points to accomplish, you know, certain a, certain type of actions. Yeah, certain type of actions. because he's kind of scared. Yeah, now. <laughs> he's super know? tentative about it. Yeah, yeah, he's very tentative. Yeah. So, and then there's a way of dismissing that card, but you always had to take a skill test in order to try and do it. Yeah, but that's that's annoying that you're stuck with this card. Yeah. So you know, and it ha- absolutely has an impact. Certainly. Right. So you're it's a cooperative game. So you're. You're working together. You're, you can't tell each other what cards you're holding in your hand, yeah. but you can't talk to each other and say, oh, well, okay, if you attack the enemy, then I can finish him off. Or you distract them and I'll do this and I'll do that. So you're definitely trying to solve this mystery by working together. Yeah. And this is really, and it's really hard. Yeah, it is actually really hard. Yeah. Because it, it relies on an interesting, really interesting mechanic. I don't think I've ever seen it uh, done like this before, but basically... All your like skill check type stuff, the stuff you do to sort of advance progress, uh, deal with mythos cards, or just uh, beat monsters and enemies, uh, it relies on something, it doesn't rely on like dice, it relies on something called the chaos bag. Now the chaos bag, basically, in order to do a skill test, you have like a base set of certain like numerical values for your skills. Like uh, you might have a four for a combat, and maybe like uh, a two in an elect, or three in willpower, something like that. And so usually your that number is usually, depending on the difficulty of the check, higher than what you have to be. But you, in order to make the check, you have to reach into something called the chaos bag. And the chaos bag has basically a lot of mostly negative uh, modifiers to your uh, skill. And there's these little counters yeah. that you, like these little chips that you put into a bag. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say, Plus one, minus one, zero, zero, minus one, two, minus, minus two. three, minus automatic four. fail, automatic, yeah. And then there are situational counters that, yeah. depending on what scenario you're playing, it could mean different things. Yeah, it could mean different things. So you're reaching your hand into the bag and then pulling out something that will affect your skill uh, score. Yeah, right. And and there could be other modifiers. You could have played some cards in your hand to further that have uh, given you some bonuses. And so those are, you know, also at play here. Yeah. Um, so last night, for example, I got the uh, I got the Cthulhu counter, which basically means automatic fail three times. Yep. Three times on on things that I should have absolutely have like, you know. Be, but be thankful won. it was like the, those sorts of stuff instead of like critical moments. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. like because the, these things there it's. It is called the chaos back for a reason. It's so random that it can just it, it, it can just like turn the tide of a game like really quickly, just like super yeah, super fast, super fast, right? And, and, and you're always like so you're always super nervous when you, when you reach into the, the chaos because you're like <laughs> yeah, hey, like, what am I gonna pull out? Please, please, I can survive. Right. Like I can survive a minus two modifier. I can survive a minus two modifier. <laughs> nothing beyond that. Nothing beyond that. Right. Um, so you're you're trying to basically solve, uh, find clues to advance, you know, and then move for different locations. Yeah. Um, you know, along the way though, you can be hurt. Yes. So your characters in the all of them have different stats for this, but you have a, sort of a physical score, and then you've got a mental score. Yeah. Um, anytime you take physical damage, you lose one on your physical damage, and if you take mental damage, you're slowly going down until the point you're insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And there are things that like show up in the Mythos deck that automatically like say you saw something horrible and you have to take yeah, like you just uh, have to do it mental trauma. Sometimes like, things will just happen. Either, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, there's stop no it. option. That's like just something horrible has happened to you, and then you got to take physical or mental damage of some kind. Yeah. And so it's also about allocating the damage in a smart way. Yeah. Along the way, that you, I, my character had some allies that he could, you know, yeah. tap. So, and then, so <laughs> those guys go first. Yeah, those like guys you go push first. those guys out in front. They're yeah. the ones taking. You guys, the you have fun. Deal with those. <laughs> you, yeah, you face you, that. You thing. go get that chagas. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's really hard. My my character is really good at combat and really good at shooting things. Mm-hmm. So he was shooting a bunch of whole different things, but he was taking a ton of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, was pretty close to going insane. Yeah, my, my character was um, <laughs> not not nowhere near as good at, at combat. Probably maybe one of the worst at combat in the game. But she could dodge damage real good, real easily. Yeah, real easily and backstab. And backstab. And constantly, it was constant trickery. It was constant trickery and just right. trying to evade and sort of like by, bypass regular combat. Or at least... Or at least um, use cards to put it so much in your favor that 
it's really hard to lose. Right. Right. As, as opposed to more. It was a really unique character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked I liked her character. Um, was she was good. My character had uh, at one point uh, again, and this is probably not a spoiler. But I remember we were facing a really super hard, tough enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I think I can deal with this. <laughs> I actually had a stick of dynamite. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I threw a stick of dynamite at him. <laughs> Boom. That, and was, that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lucky draw on the deck. So it was I, I think, it, And then after that, I think I went in with like two knives. <laughs> That's right. I, I ran in the room <laughs> with, with like, because it was another, another room. So I ran in the room with two yeah. knives and right. killed and finished it off. Yeah. Uh, so there, yeah, there's like some bosses along the way. There's some easier monsters and then there's, you know, some traps and environmental stuff you have to deal with and, you know, check against your different skills that your characters have and different characters can obviously are better suited to take on different types yeah. of challenges. But sometimes you just get stuck when you draw the, from the, uh, mythos deck. Yeah. Sometimes you just draw something that's going to stick to you and engage with you and you just got to deal with it. Yep. Yep. The game, we, and we this is our first run through, and we were playing the opening scenario. Certainly, I think it took like a total of like two and a half hours. Yeah, we were playing it slowly though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, it was our first time, so we sort of were trying to get the hang of it and all that. Yeah, so it would probably go by maybe in like hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, yeah, more realistically. According to the box, uh, the game, and you never should believe the box, but the box says that it should take one to two hours. So it's, it's it's more on the two hour side of things. But I guess it would depend on the scenario. Depending, yeah, I think it does depend. Yeah, it ends. Uh, I mean, we we played. We successfully got through our first scenario. Yeah, right. But then you write down kind of where you are because yeah. um, it the subsequent scenarios are just a continuation of what just happened yeah. and all of your traumas, physical and mental. Yeah, I get apparently all stick of your assets, all that stuff you've got, you bring to the next scenario. So I don't even know how we're gonna do that. I don't know either because I'm I'm like I said, you're like, you're, you're like half dead, <laughs> half dead and half insane. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It, I think it captures the uh, Lovecraftian yeah. um, feel really well. The, oh, the writing is really good on this. It's oh yeah, creepy it's, it's and awesome. Creepy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like a, there's a lot of like weird, just like horrifying moments. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's happening now <laughs> yeah oh dear so you can really appreciate it it, it is really well written I, yeah. I i i enjoyed it a lot so i i i give a big thumbs up this is a yeah. this is a great game it's really fun uh it's really tense and it really it does capture the spirit of what that sort of lovecrafty and the universe doesn't particularly care for you uh type feel <laughs> <laughs> not at all it doesn't care for you at all uh, Board Game Geek, uh, it's it's got like a eight point four or eight point six on Board Game Geek, which and is like notoriously hard, which is actually a great score yeah. for Board Game Geek. So if you've got you got forty bucks lying around, and you're not mm. going to spend it on, on plastic crack, <laughs> then you may want to consider yeah. um, Arkham Horror, the card game, because it is a it's, it's pretty good. It's really fun. It's like I can't wait to play my next game. Yeah, honestly. I'm, I'm honestly really interested in to see what happens next. Yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, with that, we'll take a little break, and when we get back, we'll talk. We had we played two games of Shadow War Armageddon, mm -hmm. and so we'll talk about that when we return. I will die on this world. I cannot tell where this conviction comes from. Whatever birthed it is a mystery to me. And yet the thought clings like a virus, blooming behind my eyes and taking deep root within my mind. It almost feels real enough to spread corruption to the rest of my body, like a true sickness. It will happen soon, within the coming nights of blood and fire. I will draw my last breath, and when my brothers return to the stars, my ashes will be scattered over the priceless earth of this accursed world. Armageddon. We played two quick games yep. of Shadow Wars Armageddon. First game was Astra Militarum Veterans yep. versus Necrons. Mm -hmm. And I, the second game was... Uh, second game was Astra Militarum again versus Inquisition Warband. All right. Woo. Woo. All right. So um, the great okay. thing about uh, Shadow Wars is that you can play games really quickly. Yeah, it's just really fast. I mean, the longest part is really just the setup of the table and all the terrain. Yeah. Beyond that, it's just like it just goes by like a snap. We learned some lessons from last time. And yeah. um, we wanted to make sure that we provided less line of fire sites. So we, yeah. we probably set up the terrain so that it was a little bit better this time. A little, a little bit. But I think 
in the end, it sort of didn't make a difference to what we sort of perceived in the first game. But we'll touch. Yeah, on that we've later. got some opinions about, we'll about the game. We'll touch on that later. Yeah, yeah, about some fundamentals in the game. Okay, so um, I picked a, a Astro Militarum veterans team. Yeah, um, I had a veteran sergeant who was armed with a bolt gun. Mm-hmm. It had a red dot laser mm-hmm. and a telescopic scope. Mm-hmm. Right. Prepare to hear those names quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he had a clip harness, so if he got shot, he wouldn't fall off. Yeah. And he um, had slightly better armor, so he had the carapace armor instead of the flak jacket. Yep. Yeah, so that was him. I had uh, four veterans, mm-hmm. all armed the same way, mm-hmm. las guns with red dot lasers and telescopic scopes. They were wearing uh, camo, as was my, my veteran sergeant, yeah. wearing camo, which reduces the distance that mm-hmm. your opponent can shoot you by four inches. Mm-hmm. And then finally I had a... Um, I had, a, I had a recruit that had a las gun with nothing special on the las gun, and then I had a, a sniper with a sniper rifle that had a red dot laser and a telescopic scope. I had seven guys, and it came to a thousand points. Okay, mm-hmm. talk about your Necron army. Okay, my Necron army consisted of um, an immortal, a chosen immortal, or something like that. It's basically just an immortal with a fancy title. Um, and he had a got he had a Goss blaster, I believe, and oh yeah, the 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 whatever the photovisor, right? Whatever, what is that it, called again? It's called the photovisor. Photovisor, photovisor. It basically it helps with cover. I had so I had him. I had two other immortals uh, equipped the same. I had a death mark, which is interesting because I, I think the death marks were sort of notoriously bad in the actual Necron Codex, but here they're not actually happen. They follow more of the like new teleportation rules where they just show up mm-hmm. and you don't you can choose when and you place them without having to roll a die and risking them all dying. So I had him, he had a synaptic disintegrator, which is like a very short range sniper rifle essentially. And a shadow oh photovisor and shadow womb, which gave him partial cover of wherever he went. And I also had a warrior with a Goss flare. And that was that was it. Five Necron bodies, right? Five Necron bodies. That's it. Okay, so you won the um, roll off for table side. Yeah, and then you won the the choice on whether deploy first to go second, and then you let me deploy first and go first. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice. I and I guess you made it because I, you knew I had a sniper, right? Yeah. And so you felt you could probably hide from the sniper, or uh, really, I was actually. What was your thinking on that? My, my thinking was actually, I wanted to see where you'd set up so I would sort of have an idea to, to play, where to place the death mark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. As a partial idea. I also sort of had this, I guess, weird notion of that the Necrons might be resilient enough to deal with it. And sort of since we were actually doing uh, a mission in this one uh, where you had to go out and get stuff, I could get into range mm-hmm. more easily. What's but, the what's the toughness on the Necrons? Is it toughness, toughness four? Toughness four. It's only toughness four. So Still, I was the, no. It turns out I was horribly deluded. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in we, my assessment. So we were playing a mission called the Scavengers, which is the second mission in the book. Um, you roll a d six and determine how much loot there is. Um, you put loot counters mm-hmm. depending on the roll you got all throughout the map, and then you got to go pick up the loot. Whoever yep. has the most loot at the end of the game wins and if somebody like bottles out and then one, the other team gets to pick up all the rest of the loot that's on the table yeah right okay so that was a so the then the last if you heard our last episode it just turned into a sniper battle it did turn into and, a sniper into battle. basically one auto cannon versus one sniper um and and nobody else kind of like everybody else was hiding everyone else was yeah really so there was really happen. because we were playing just like wipe out the other side so there was no incentive for us to you know to move, move. so we so we we had the line of thought that okay since now there are objectives to grab right now yeah you have to right, grab we, those objectives so we have to move this sort of sort of came into fruition it, it, i mean we we did more yeah but in the end it, it did kind of descend into the cyber battle uh, both well, games really yeah so because i got to go first yeah i had like a really good first turn oh you had a good great first turn right so let me let's just get to the point of this yeah the, the most powerful the two most powerful pieces of war gear in all of shadow war are <laughs> the red dot laser and the telescopic sight they are they are because okay the red dot laser gives you a plus one 
on your to hit roll. Yeah. Right. And then the telescopic sight takes the short range of your weapon and adds it to the long range of your weapon. So if you've got a 24 inch bolt rifle and short range is 12 to 12 inches and long range is 12 to 24, you take that short range up to 12 inches and you tack it onto the, and now you got a 36 inch bolt rifle. Yep. Right? When you're playing Shadow War on a four by four table, that's huge. It makes it makes a ton of difference. And range. then you add the red dot mm-hmm. laser, which is a plus one, it's, which it's, can negate somebody's partial cover. It's insane. So yeah, those two pieces of war gear are way overpowered in the game. And yeah. if you're playing with an army that doesn't have access to those two pieces of war gear, you, I think you're playing at a disadvantage. Yeah, you're at the major disadvantage. You now, might, we've only played. We've only played. We've played three factions so far. Four factions four so factions. far. Four factions so far yeah. in our three games that we've played. So it's obviously not yeah. a lot, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, and but I don't it's know. clear what, where this is going. Yeah, and I. By the way, I've heard other people on podcasts yeah. and do battle reports yeah. about Shadow Wars. They've all said kind of the same thing. That yeah, the red dot laser and the telescopic sights are, are, are essential. Essential. You, you you kind of have to if you don't have an army that has them, you might be doomed. Right, you I, you might be doomed just from the outset, and, and it's not that every no. member of your warband has to have it. But, no, no, but you should. But have some of them should absolutely have, like this. a number of them, right? Because basically, this I mean, it, it, in a way, it's almost like too realistic of an interpretation of what a fight, like a, like a the close range skirmish firefight between squads would actually be like, because it does make sense that the that logically the guy with the longer range and the better like the better aim assistance would be able to outdo the guy with the shorter range right right but it essentially devolves the game like no matter what sort of you sort i mean you sort of tried to go after the objective but at the end of the day it becomes too risky to move anywhere <laughs> because yeah. you're like you're constantly looking for like okay if i move here who can see me? And am I in range of them to shoot them before they can shoot me? If the answer is no, you do not move. <laughs> yeah. Because you will die, essentially. <laughs> well, the other mechanic in the game is that when you get hit, yeah, you know, without even getting wounded, is that you're pinned. You're pinned. So now so that means you're down, and that means it could, you're going to lose a turn. You're, yeah, you, that, that character will lose a turn. Even if they don't get wounded, they're going to lose a turn. It's they're going to take them a whole turn to get back up again. And this And this can create sort of like a cycle. Yeah. Where basically, if you down enough people on the enemy side, yeah. you can just keep you can just keep pinning them. Yes, and they won't. And the other guy will have suddenly have no agency in the game. Right. All so you, you, so, didn't even so need to you hit. had okay. So in the yeah. first round, I basically ended up pinning three of your guys. Yeah. Right. Now I don't even know if I wounded them. Yeah. Right. But because they went down, that means that next turn they were unable to shoot. Or all they could do is crawl yeah. like two inches or something. Yeah. Right? They can't even really do anything. So, and I had I had seven guys on my side. Yeah. You had five guys on your side. Yeah. Three of your guys are pinned. Yeah. So they can't shoot or move more than two inches. And and all of my weapons are like shorter range than yours. Uh, right. You have twenty four inch range. So I have to so I have to slug up the table yeah. at yeah. like at like what, four inches? Right. And because they're I mean, yeah, I mean I may not even be wounding them. But as long as you hit them, you essentially make them worthless. Right. So so I think that's a little bit of a... There needs to be some sort of tweak, too, I think. Uh, yeah, there has to be a major tweak. To either the Necrons um, being able to get up quicker or, or faster. Like that. Or, uh, just other factions in general having either A, options to get longer range stuff. Yeah. Or change that whole getting hit immediately downs you thing. Or immediately like pins you thing. Because that's kind of... It, it, that's a it, harsh who, mechanic because whoever because whoever gains the momentum first yeah can easily keep the momentum going with them yeah i think There's, so it's it's really hard to like turn it around unless they get unlucky essentially i mean maybe 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 we're not taking advantage of our hot you know one of the things you can do is hide yeah right um you can't do that if you are the recipient of a first round you know yeah so I, I anyway, but I I think that you're right. I think that the that the pinning rule has to be somehow modified in some sort of way. So maybe it's not an automatic pin. Maybe you have to roll. Yeah. On a, you know, at least on a fifty fifty chance, you have a chance at not getting pinned or something. Something like that. Yeah, because because right now, 
I mean, it was over by three in three rounds. Yeah, for me. I, I had captured two loot. I had killed one of the Necrons. And I, and I was just, just kept getting pinned the moment I kept getting back up. Right. Oh, my, and my sniper had something called toxic. Um, rounds. Yeah, yeah, which, which automatically which wounds, wounds on a on a two plus. No, no, it automatically doesn't. Oh, oh, yes, right, automatically. It automatically wounds, automatically and then wounds. It, yeah. it just yeah. So so no matter what the toughness is of your opponent, yeah, you're just gonna, you're just gonna wound. You're gonna wound them no matter what, right? And so yeah, so that game was over really quickly, and then I immediately realized I cannot play Necrons because they'll just die, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, if, if you have which to is start, a thought I would never <laughs> thought I would have with Necrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you have to start on opposite sides of the map, um, yeah. you know, it's just, it's tough when you've got longer range yep. stuff that can just pin you down. Yep. All right. So, so we decided, okay, let's, let's play a second game. Yeah. Let's play a second a, game. A little more, a little more, um, trying to make it a little more fair. So, so what you chose the Inquisition. I chose the Inquisition. And right. this time I essentially equipped you, my what? people the, the, the similar, along similar lines to yours. Um, although I think I made a big mistake here. Not in, not in equipment, but with uh, deployment, but I'll say about the same about that later. Yeah, so I equipped my guys. I equipped, I had one uh, one Inquisitor who had power armor, a sniper rifle, a whole bunch of goodies, including um, like tele, the telescopic sight, um, the red dot laser, the a photo visor, uh, and a quip harness. Yeah, and I think he had camo as well. So, and then I had four ex exactly identical acolytes with las guns, with telescopic sights, red laser sights, um, clip harnesses, camo gear, and photo visors. And that was the army. And we played the exact same mission. Yeah. We left, we left the loot exactly where it was. Yeah. You won the roll for table sides, and you picked the same table side last time. But you won the roll for uh, for deployment. Deployment. And I decided to go first. Yeah. Um, I fudged my rolls. I didn't. I didn't have a great first turn. I think. No, you, you didn't. Have and it. also, you hid this time. I hid. I hid. <laughs> I, I learned my lesson. Like you were totally out of line of sight. Yeah. Yeah. You. You did I not. Hid. You did not want to be peeking up over anything that that part was good but my fatal flaw i think in that deployment was i had two guys sort of in a corner esque i and i didn't i should have measured this i was really dumb to not have done this but they they were out of they were out of line of sight for most of the like most of your army so they're essentially worthless yeah um, not doing anything but they are within line of sight of your sniper, yeah. So that, which is like a terrible decision on my part, because yeah. they would pop up and then my sniper would just shoot yeah, them. Yeah, you just shoot them. Like I, I only yeah. could use them in situations where like you're yeah. some of your guys advance, and I'm like, okay, time to pop out and right do my thing. But it essentially the game essentially went very similar to the first game we ever had in uh -huh. that there was I think there was more movement on your part. Yeah, I decided uh, to just like run. I, like I was running my guys since I couldn't see your guys, and um, yeah. I, I thought I'd just run them up and try to get as many of the loot encounters yeah. as possible. I got I got two of them for sure, and then I was getting close to picking up a third. Um, but it just it turned into a sniper fight again. Yeah, it again it turned into a sniper fight because at a, at a certain point you just started to not go after the objectives because you realized I think that. I, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. I, I could lose yeah. the game if I go after these objectives. The, the objectives, when we had placed some of them in places that were kind of open ground. Yeah. So they were, you know, you really needed to be risky <laughs> to go out and get it. Yeah. But it made no sense to go out there. And since there's no limit on the number of turns. Yeah, it makes no sense to go out there. and Right. I I, I had a I had a slight advantage. I think I had lost two two guys. You lost like... I, well, I ended up losing three guys, three guys in total yeah. by the end of the, end of the battle. And you had you I'd killed one of your guys, mm. um, a monster. <laughs> there was a, there was a, there's a fun little rule yeah. in there that basically um, there's a potential that a mutant or a monster in the hive city shows up and then either kills or harasses one of your dudes. One of your dudes. Yeah. So we both got you know we, get, well, we, we both killed the monster at one point. No, no, no one died because of it, but yeah, yeah. One of one, basically uh, I had taken out one of your acolytes. And you had uh, killed three of, or, or taken down three of my, um, of my astromilitarum. Yeah, but I think that the uh, the tide was shifting towards me. It was because because of, of the sniper placement you talked about. Oh, okay, yeah, because the sniper placement also because the guys I did have around were sort of getting that cycle of getting down, getting pinned over, all the time, over, over and over yeah, again, and not being able to retaliate. Right. So 
it looked like it was gonna go in your favor pretty quickly until <laughs> you failed the bottle test. Yeah, if you lose 25% of your warband, then you have to take a bottle test, which is basically you roll against leadership. Yeah. Uh, it turns out as a military member, leadership of eight. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a 10, 10 at the top of one of my turns, and that was it. You fled. Yeah, and, uh, the IG turned tail and ran. <laughs> and the Inquisition said, wow. Wow, wow that, that. <laughs> that was a lucky break. <laughs> So yeah, so I failed. So I lost. I lost that 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 thing. I, you know, it's it's tough to play. It's going to be tough to sort of find the right scenario um, to mitigate yeah. some of the uh, impact that the that the red laser sight. Because I think I, I think because of that, this sort of turns because of that and the and the pinning mechanic. Yeah, this is a very flawed game. This is a very flawed game. At least I, I don't the, know. If very flawed our, is the right word. I would say that well, uh, that it. I think that it, I think there is. It makes for one side to be overpowered if 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 they. I I, I would say that's a very flawed game. But mm, not, okay. Well, not just not just because of that, but yeah. because it, even the objectives. I mean, there. I think there are certain other uh, objective um, certain other missions that have sort of different rules. I think there was one that was like where it, like one team's like infiltrating or whatever. Right. So that might mitigate that. But the others that might just have more straightforward grab this or take a uh, hold this yeah and we'll so we'll keep playing those I mean, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep playing and, and, and we'll, look we'll try at, for at the end missions. of the day if it really becomes too much of an issue we can do a house rule and say no telescopic sites so, or maybe like no like pinning is not a thing or and, maybe or, or maybe pinning is a role pinning as a role pinning as a role maybe it's a 50 50 role so that way you don't Const you know that way so you're not you, constantly you got hit but but you didn't really go down and so it just turns into one guy shooting and the other guy just kind of stands there and oh right it's my turn oh right. that's the end of my turn <laughs> right exactly yeah. there's a lot of that there's a lot of that there can be a lot of that yeah so i think the combination of the the, the war gear and the pinning rule is makes for it can get lopsided really quickly yeah um also the bottle test is kind of weird <laughs> You know the fact yeah. that 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 you could be winning and then suddenly I I, I think I, I think you I, run away. I I think I get that more. Uh -huh. I get that more. I think it should. I think there should be a larger amount that. Well, I guess. I think there should be a larger amount maybe that you lose, but I I get it. I get that more than I do the other rules. That your morale suddenly fails. Yeah, that your morale is like ah. Oh, I was in very high spirits when I ran away. <laughs> You were in, you were in very high. I mean, it was like, it, it I'm was, winning this game. That was sort of a. I think that was sort of a unique situation, and because yeah. you had a lot of dudes, that was sort of. Yeah, I I still enjoy it. It's really high tension. Yeah, that it can feel really fun. Yeah, but it, it need it needs some tweaks. I think it does need some tweaks. It does yeah. need some tweaks. I don't know. We'd love to hear if you guys are playing Shadow Wars. We'd love to hear your experiences. Ideally, if you could send us even an audio file um, where you <laughs> could just, you know, spend 30 seconds telling us about something in, that happened in Shadow Wars that's either great or not great, yeah. we'd love to hear it. We'll, we'll, we'll include it in our next uh, episode. But even if it's not a, a, an audio file, um, send us an email and yeah. let us know what you guys um, think and how what your experiences with Shadow Wars are. We're using it as a proxy game while, yeah, while we wait <laughs> while for 8th uh, edition. edition. Right. And it's fun. And yeah, we enjoy fun. doing it. It's a it's yeah. a different game. And it is full of those high tension moments. Yeah. But but now we're discovering it's it's, it's not 40K. It's not exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. And there's some things that we have some issues with. Certainly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we encourage you to, to send us emails based on your Shadow Wars experiences. Our email is the eye of terror podcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us via our Facebook page. We have a Twitter account and that is iPodcast. That's E Y E podcast. Uh, other than that, I think that wraps it up for this episode. I believe so. Yeah. All right. So when we next um, get back on the air, it's very likely that we will have in our hands the eighth edition rule book. Yeah. Uh, in all its official glory. So um, <laughs> as I mentioned, we've got we've got the Dark Imperium box. Yep. With the hardcover rule set coming. Oh, those models. Oh, those I know. models. Oh man, yeah. That devs guard. Oh, well, so I actually I never got your opinion on um on the Primaris Marines. Oh yeah. What did you think of Primaris Marines? The last minute uh, yeah. opinion. Um, last minute opinion before Pri we sign off. Primaris. I like the. I really enjoy the look. Uh, I enjoy the scale. I honestly, I just sort of want something to even it out for because I'm a chaos player, obviously. So right. and I don't get access to that, so I'm a little like, oh, everyone else is putting some new toys, but um. 
Uh, I mean, Death Guard are cool, so I'm glad I have those now. And in and in story, I'm a little con- confused because it seems a little because there was like certain titles that they had like um ancient like Primaris Ancient, which implies that they've been around. Uh, so I don't I I need to know more of the fluff on them, and sort of why they were either how they were created or why they were um allowed to be created because like the mechanicus and just the uh, imperium in general is very very resistant to change so yeah, but as I, I, I mean I, I get i get it so there would sort of be a necessity to make new stuff considering like the black crusade and the the, the galaxy being split in half and I, I sort of get that but even then we're dealing with weirdo religious fundamentalists here who aren't logical necessarily in every situation so i i mean i i I just i just need some sort of i just need something in the fluff to sell me on it and then i'd probably be fine with it okay i mean we have to take a step back out of the fluff for a second look at the real world (laughs) gdell has been getting some pressure to do true scale marines yeah yeah, yeah. you know because everybody's been complaining about how space marines aren't really the right scale compared to astro-military or any of the human but, guys right but even in the even in the fluff though these guys are supposed to be bigger than the regular space they marines, are bigger right? and, and and by the way they are their models are bigger than the, the, the models space are marines. bigger than regular space marines but that is that that's not really scale space marines and that's just i know you, 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 know you just up this yeah <laughs> right right yeah, that's not that's not really you scale just space you marines. just legitimized the smaller scale yeah <laughs> saying that was true scale yeah and now we've got bigger guys now we got bigger guys right yeah well, I mean, it looks like, well, GW, I think eventually is going to slowly, I think, and this is over years, phase mm-hmm. out the legacy Space Marine models. Ooh, there's wow. too much of it out there, and there's too many kits out there to do that in Immediate. one fell swoop. Yeah. Right? But I think over time, they'll probably re- be releasing all new Space Marine units mm-hmm. in the Primaris scale. Yeah, that would make sense. In all likelihood, over time. And there'll still be inner, inner, you know, operability. You can use some or all the parts from old yeah. Space Marines to modify Primaris and vice versa. Yeah. Up to a point. And then it's going to slowly fade away. Because, I mean, if you look at the old Dreadnoughts, if you look at the old Space Marines from Rogue Career days, I mean, there's been an evolution in yeah. Space Marines, right? It's been a long time. Yeah. That It's been 30, 40 years, 30, over 30 years of Space Marines. Mm-hmm. And they've evolved over time. Certainly, but right. So I think this the, the new Primaris scale is probably going to be the default scale. You know, five years from now, like well, it's, oh, we're so not even we're not even, not yeah, even yeah. that won't even be an issue. But I guess so. I guess right now we're just going to be in an awkward growing pains situation. Yeah, but, but it's not. It's, it's not, not. No, it's not bad. But I, I guess way well, I want the shiny new toys, but also um, yeah, because yeah, it'll feel it feels a little weird right now because it's like um, why don't chaos have well, if, the, if that is true then it's gonna i be. think the chaos death guard models are in the primaris size it's similar but even then they don't have they have the lesser stat lines to a certain extent they don't oh, have two wounds. They have one yeah, wound. yeah 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 true and i'm so i'm i mean like the leaders look like bigger well, we don't know the points allocation either. but but also like the plague like the plague marines are small are clearly smaller than the primaris marines they have a whole bunch of craziness on them, but they're smaller right. inherent, like right. they're I, smaller dudes. I, yeah, I, th- so, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it feels weird because I play Chaos Space Marines to sort of get that chaosy feel while having the sort of the, the sort of gravitas that the Space Marines carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sort of having these, I think these like bigger, better counterparts, kind of takes that dynamic away. To, to me, for ne- for now, at least, until we get some sort of wacky equivalent. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I expect sooner rather than later there'll be a um, Primaris equivalent to Chaos. Nah, yeah, I'd imagine I think so. Avedon some sort of and Fabius Bile yeah, have will, some, we'll work on something. Yeah, they'll like, or oh, the, or Primaris the Space God. Marines? Or the Chaos Gods will just go, <laughs> Here's <"Ugh."> our version. <laughs> Right, or the chaos goes. Yeah, they'll listen. The chaos gods will be like, oh, blessings you guys on. get upgrades." That's easy to do. Yeah, I'm right. Sure. All right, let's let's end with some with a really ominous rumor that we heard. Like what? True? Like rumor was that? The master of mankind is dead. Oh yeah, that was so weird. Yeah. What does that All right. mean? <laughs> Who knows what it means? What does it mean, man? All right. It's so crazy. that's that's the rumor. That's a rumor 
that has been made the internet today. Master of the master mankind. of mankind is, is dead. dead. Now, um, it's it was who knows what that means. I mean, it could, I mean, it could be nonsense and not true at all. It could be a garble transmission. It could over be, Vox. It could be some sort of crazy random dude on one planet that was lost to the Imperium, calling himself Master of Mankind. That's right. Remember how Horus Heresy began? Yeah, I Horus was there Heresy. the day the Emperor or died. died. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, but it really wasn't the Emperor. But it, it was. It also kind of was. It kind of was an Emperor. <laughs> but it was a different Emperor. Right. Um, All right. So, yeah. so we don't know the lore of the found in the new um, Eighth Edition, but I, I guess uh, some of that mystery will maybe further revealed once we get our hands on the book. All right. Mm-hmm. So on that terrible and sad note, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll end episode 39. Sorry to end on a bummer. Yeah, a bummer. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a kind of good. It's kind of, yeah, it is kind of a bummer. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Master Mankind. Sorry. You may or may not be dead. All right. Uh, with that, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you guys soon.